Welcome to the Business Clicks podcast, the podcast that interviews business owners to discuss their struggles, strategies, and successes with using the power of the internet to grow their business. We discuss the transition from brick and mortar growth strategies to digital alternatives. We provide new and exciting tactics each business can use to be successful in this new digital world. I'm your host, Adam Barbro, and let's get stuck in. Welcome to this episode of the Business Clicks Podcast. Joining us today is Scott Mitchell from Cornerstone Risk. Scott, before we get started, I just want to ask, what is one thing that you believe that will make a successful business in the years to come? What is one thing that will make a business successful in the years to come? Um, look, what will make a business successful to me now compared to previous years is probably no different. It's, it's ongoing, consistent customer service. Um, Holding yourself to the highest standard of customer service is um, pretty well your greatest retention tool. Um, so I suppose I'm not telling you what it's nothing new, but but it is definitely the biggest part of my business. That if I hold myself to the highest possible customer standard, and that's where I'll um, where I'll see success come in. Yeah, definitely. I think we've both seen all those businesses that sort of focus so heavily on bringing new customers in and then they just you know have this flow of customers that once they've used their customers they don't come back and it's just this yeah. constant game of trying to get new customers in rather than just you know keeping your current customers happy with high retention and then turn them in turning them into like advocates for your actual business and that's um without going into it too much but that's probably one of the biggest down pitfalls in a lot of businesses in in my industry is that there is absolutely this massive drive on bringing new customers in, new customers in, new customers in without enough focus on what the organic growth within your business actually is. Um, your greatest advocate is your customer and um, by whole, by keeping a consistent high standard of customer service, you will be successful. Yeah, definitely. Tell us a bit about... Um Cornerstone Risk and your business and how you got into it and how it all, how it all began for you. Well, it's a bit, of an, a bit of an accident which seems to be a trend in our industry. I don't think any um, high school student has a burning passion or desire to be an insurance broker. Um, I, when I was 21, I decided that I wanted to try something a bit different. So a friend of my mother's got me a job in a small country town called Moree in um, northwestern New South Wales. So I went out there for three months and I was a, a broker's assistant. And I was out there, yeah, down there for three months and then after that they, they moved me up to um, to Roma where my understanding was I was going to be there for six months um, and ended up out there three years and became an insurance sales manager. From um, from there I wanted to go and do a bit of travelling so I went overseas for a bit. And when, I, um, when I came back to Brisbane, which is where I grew up, I... Um, applied for a role with the Suncorp Group, and that's pretty well where you know, the insurance broker I am now sort of began. I got a job with GIO. I um, was there for two years and one day, and when they rolled rolled that business up, they basically gave me an opportunity to purchase my clients off them, um, and that's where Cornerstone Risk came came about. I um, became an authorised representative of Brazilian Insurance Broking and I suppose the rest is history. That was in um, June 2016, so Cornerstone's turning five this year, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, right, that's a big milestone for businesses. They always, I think the data basically says that I think it's 80 or 90% of businesses go out of business in the first five years and there's a bit of a drop-off rate then for those that make it to the next 10 years. So I guess the five-year mark is, I guess, is a bit of a milestone for any business. Yeah, 
Oh, I can tell you when I first um, left the big bad world of working for uh, for an organisation, um, every month was a milestone for me. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, absolutely, we we're very excited about five year uh, birthday of Cornerstone, and um, I dare say I'll enjoy a couple of beers that day. I think it's the sixteenth of um, July that they will actually is the official day. So getting close. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about currently how? I mean, obviously, you've just explained that you spend a lot of time making sure that you have a higher attention rate of customers, but obviously, you do need for any sort of growth, and there will be a natural drop-off of customers as your business goes on, whether they're you know no longer in business or whatever's happening. So how do you currently look at finding uh, new leads and new customers? So I spoke briefly before about advocacy, um, your customer being a great, a great advocate for your business. Um, we... I, I'm not, that's not a throwaway line. That is absolutely true. I would say that um, 30% at least of, our, of any new business that comes through the door would come from our existing client database, whether it be an, a, a referral to a friend or um, a referral of another business that is in a similar industry. Um, I would suggest that at least 30% of our new business would come from that. The other 30% comes from people who aren't necessarily clients but know what we do. So um, Adam Barbaro, your business, um, you would refer a client to me. So those um, those networking channels that we have or those um, centers of influence, if you will, would be the other 30%. And the other 30% would probably be um, through a lead generation program that we're uh, we run, in, run in conjunction with Resilient Insurance Broking as well as the Suncorp Group. Yeah, right. Okay, so to break that down, you've basically got about 30% coming organically. You've got a 30% referral program mm-hmm. coming in um, and then you've got 30% or thereabouts coming in from uh, other other yeah, groups, so sort of like, like a larger... Yeah, so um, our industry, um, the insurance industry, you would know it's got a massive .com platform. It's got big call centers. Um, you know, the ability for customers to do business directly is definitely out there. Um, quite honestly, they um, not everything fits down the pipe, and not every business is the same. So you can't take a cookie cutter approach in my industry. Like it, um, yes, if you ring up a call center, they can place an insurance policy for you over the phone. But as soon as it gets outside those parameters, then um, as soon as it, yeah, as soon as it goes outside the parameters or doesn't fit exactly down the pipe, then they can't facilitate it anymore. So customer calls a call center, they can't get insurance place through there because it's just a little bit too complicated or it's outside the underwriting guidelines of the call centre. Well, we have um, agreements in place with um, the Suncorp group to help facilitate those leads when they can't be placed down the pipe. So um, we um, we take those leads very seriously. We um, we treat them with a, with a great deal of respect and we certainly don't take them for granted. And um, when I say that 30% of our new business comes from that um, lead generation program. I'm not exaggerating. Like we um, we work those leads really hard. We make sure we provide the highest level of customer service possible. And um, you know, quite often you you might have to wade through a few, you know, tie kickers for lack of a better term, I suppose. But you know, there's certainly some fantastic businesses that come through there, and we uh, we're more than happy to help them out. Yeah, based based on what you're saying, I've got two two real big questions that I'm interested in knowing about. And the first one is. There's a concept with like sort of digital marketing, which is sort of own your traffic. So the idea that, you know, 
people that are solely reliant on maybe something like Facebook ads to bring in their business, they don't own that traffic. They don't own their ability to market to their to the customers they want to market to because they're going through Facebook. They're just renting the platform to be able to access those clients rather than getting them on like an email list or something where they can then have the ability to market to them and, and get sales through them, you know, for eternity, for as long as they uh, those people are using those email addresses and are subscribed to that list. Yeah. Is it my question there is 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 there some hesitation there knowing that yes, 30% of your business is currently coming through Suncorp, but if that could ever change you know, what uh, are there systems in place to deal with that or anything? I'm just thinking from a digital marketing perspective, obviously we try and the goal is to try and get the leads that, into traffic that you own to make sure that you can, can always convert on that traffic. Is there, yeah. is there some uh, hesitation? Yeah. I wouldn't say hesitation. Look, we're a, um, in a lot of, we're, we're, we're very much a modern business, but when it comes to a marketing perspective, I'm probably, you would look at my business marketing plan and go, what, what are you up to? Like, we are, we're pretty archaic. Like we, we, we're there. There might be some connotations on social media surrounding insurance companies. So when you when you choose to advertise on um, on a very on a mainstream boosted post social media platform, it's fraught with danger on social media because there are people out there with preconceived ideas of what an insurance broker does. And I've seen some awfully nasty things just from a like a post being boosted. Get sent, whether it be my client, whether it be um, you know a colleague of mine. I know what you're talking about. You see the 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 horde and the massive people that are angry at some sort of experience in the past yeah. and feel the need to comment <laughs> even though they don't know you. Yeah, and there's no direct correlation between us, as in Cornerstone Risk Group, and the um and the very and the problem that this person has. Yet they will draw that parallel. And now so I've gone from posting that, putting a post up about protecting your protecting your commercial assets to suddenly I'm the reason that you don't have a roof on your house, even though that's completely not the case. Yeah, definitely. I don't know this person. I've never done business with this person. Um, so when we were coming up with our strategies, and like I said, we can, we can tip a lot of effort into customer service, which we feel pays dividends in our business, we probably stepped away from social media platforms and, you know, online marketing and online marketing strategies based on probably poor fear of um, that exact, you know, scenario we spoke about happening. I think they call it trolling or something like that. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, with that, my other my other questions were based around one because again, a large amount of your business is based on you know the sort of almost like affiliate style you have people that are referring your business. Do you have any sort of incentives there or any systems in place that, you know, maybe businesses can learn from that that sort of helps this process or maybe would would help, um, you know, increase that number should you need it to in the future? So, like, when you say incentivize, like, am I, how do you mean, like, am I incentivizing? Well, do you, do you, it doesn't necessarily have to be incentive. I know, I know I've worked with businesses rather than giving incentive to get affiliates online. We've basically just put it out there. Hey, guys, this is what we're doing. You mind sharing it to your, to your clients to see if they're interested in, in needing this, this, and this. And you've been very specific in knowing that if you're working with a business that's after a specific type of insurance, hey, they probably work with similar businesses that need similar insurances. So it's almost like, yeah. Using that targeting, okay. do you have any inbuilt sequences there where you're like, I know, you know, these 30 clients of mine are going to be are using the type of insurance that's one, profitable for my business, and two, a really good point that we can create some long-term customers there. 
I'm wondering if you have any sort of systems or processes in place where you're like, yeah, we try and make sure that we can, you know, talk to those because we send out emails about this or something like that. Do you have, have you got any sort of systems in place there where you're trying to make sure that those affiliates that are coming through from your current customers, particularly the types that are generating really good business, that you're able to sort um, of amplify that? Yes, but again, it's not so much of a, of a like I say, a, you know, a bang and an email information pack getting sent out to customers in the niche industry. Just next week, for example, I, um, like me beginning my career in the agricultural space out west, I still have a lot of clients who are in that industry and I, and I do take pride in looking after those um, regional clients. Um, next week is an beef week on in Rockhampton. I'll be up there for three days. So I will have as many, how many, how many, these cattle grazers do you want in one space, really? I thought that, like that, that would be an example of where I'm going, well, here's my product service offering. Um, I'll go around and talk to people and hopefully, you know, meet the right people and make some connections to do business with people down the track. Um, but as far as you know, like an online or a, like a strategy per se, like, no, I wouldn't say we have that. Yeah, I'm just curious because it sounds interesting, right? You have this... You have this really, in many ways, super effective business model that's built on you not having to do a lot of this thing, a lot of this um, digital marketing in order to in order to get that onflow of that growth basically from new leads and new business coming in. But I'm mm. I'm curious as to, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be digital marketing as in Facebook ads, but there could be uh, strategies out there and things that you can do that amplify your current situation to make sure that you're in more of a controlling seat with these people and people that are very similar. So, yeah, like for example... We, we were, yeah, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, like, for example, you just said we're going into this area where there's a high congregation. Um, I know, for example, uh, Alexi, who, who you obviously we both know um, from your Easy Web Solutions, he runs on a regular basis, he runs particularly out to trades and dentists and stuff, holds some sort of conference where he can get people in with someone with some sort of authority and they talk about something which then ends up leading to a bit of a you know pitch without being a pitch. It's more of an education um, yeah. program, which then leads to a pitch. And I'm just curious, well, as you mentioned, you're going out to this area which a lot of your um, ideal customers are sort of congregated in one area. Is there an effective way there that you're able to get them into one location where you can you know do a one-to-many sort of style education that's beneficial for them? So you're not pitching anything. You're literally just providing education to them, which then obviously leads to, Hey, if you want more info, just leave your email here, and I'll be in touch. And that way, you've got at least got their email and a way to contact them in the future. Is there anything like that, maybe? Or have you thought? Have you tried um, that in the past? Or is I've it, done, or I've is done, it not relevant done, to the type of customer? You know, when you market yourself as a, a bespoke insurance broker who take looks at a customer as they are and tries to facilitate insurance that's custom to their needs. It's very hard to hold an all-in-one information, you know, session. What you could do is promote my product and my services and what we can do for the customer. But in terms of actually really knuckling down to an individual's personal needs, there's a fair bit in that. Like, um, And unfortunately, in a, in a large environment, you just can't boil it down. So effectively, yes, there would be an education piece on the sort of service and product offerings that, that Cornerstone has, but I feel that in order to do our job, we really need that one-on-one time with our customer and that back and forth with our customer to really understand what it is that they're up to. 
Yeah, um, I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I would challenge you, though, on the fact that I would disagree with the point that being able to talk to people, even though the individual offerings and approach is different, and I can, you know, put this in personal perspective with my business and my individual approach talking to a business about what they need to do to be able to market themselves and create content or whether they, you know, whether the content's a big part of their strategy or not is individual. But I can still come in with a group environment and talk about market data and a larger and give them incentives of why this would why they're in need from it on a larger scale. So rather than me coming in and selling, you know, I'm not coming in to sell them Facebook ads, I'm coming in to say, hey, this is the way the market's looking. Are you prepared mm. for that change or are you not prepared for that change? And that just by giving that the ed education, they then maybe have the logical, you know, can follow the path and say, well, yeah, okay, I need to do something here. Well, that's that's all I was yeah. just trying to look into. No, that's, and that's a really good way to put it here. But I suppose it's going in a different direction to that group setting you spoke about. But, and, it, you know, you know, you, you run a business, so you know what it's like. You know, what next month I'm going to do this and then next month becomes next year. So, yeah, like, definitely. notwithstanding the fact I've been talking about doing a cornerstone newsletter for, you know, and sending it out to our big, to our massive database of clients for so long, that would probably be a direction that I would go first. Yeah, definitely. I would do up an even, this, this month we're talking about cyber insurance, or this month we're talking about, you know, public and products liability insurance, whatever it might be. And, and a few dot points surrounding, you know, a very broad bit of information that people could sit in their inbox, they can have a quick squiz over it. If they want to have a good read about it, they can. And if they want to get in touch and discuss it, we'd love to make a time to talk to you about it. So I suppose less of a like a group conference setting and more of a an information newsletter would probably be a direction that we would go first. Yeah. And I think I think the ability to I think a lot of businesses sort of I think as you just said, they sort of their initial impression is, oh well I'm not sure what I'm going to say is going to be specific to everyone. And I think that's the wrong effect to take from the beginning because I think if you go for broader with market data and a bigger picture of what's actually happening. So, for example, if you're a shoe company, not talking about shoes, but talking about the effects of, you know, of your feet and how that affects, you know, your lower back or something like that, that's market data that yeah. gives people the incentive then to go, hey, shit, I need new shoes. So I think yeah. I think when talking about this sort of stuff, if you're able to provide value and use market data as the incentive, you don't even have to pitch in the end because people use that data and that information to make their own conclusions about what they need or want or what problem you're solving for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was quite interesting. I think it's really quite interesting how you're um, – I, one, I think it's great that the focus is on, I guess, making sure the customer experience is that good that you have so much referral. I think that speaks – I speak. I think that speaks, you know, volumes to your business and your approach to your customers compared to, you know, some of those horror stories you do here. Yeah, I think as well. Like to, to sort of just go back on, I've, I've seen in I've like I've had a short career compared to some that I work with. Don't get me wrong, but I um, I've already seen insurance companies and insurance brokers try to take stuff online to make stuff less touch, low touch. And then I've seen it sort of half work but not work and then go back to the ultra way of doing business and then the wheel keeps turning and then three years later we're back trying to do this non-touch, everything online, sort of focus again and then it sort of works again but then, then we go back to doing business the way we always did business because at the end of the day people want to talk to a professional and want someone that's going to partner with them in their business moving forward. So 
I suppose having seen people try to go online, and, the, and this isn't what necessarily what you're talking about, I understand that, but I've seen people go on, try and go online, and then I've seen it not be very effective. And I've seen that happen too, like, you know, on every three years for the past for my career. Like, someone has another crack at going online and then it doesn't quite work. So, whereas I'm, if we maintain our high level of customer service the whole way through, I feel that we've been more successful. Yeah, I, I'm, I am curious, and this is something that I had written down to actually talk to you about, which was you, you're mentioning that now, but as the generations move on, you've got a new generation of business owners coming through that are more familiar, spending more time and giving more attention to online and have more trust in those online businesses than maybe the older generation might. Hmm. Is there yeah. a, is there a thought there about okay, it's not oh, it's not it's Adam. not great now, but in ten years, yeah. Yeah, absolutely there is, mate. Absolutely there is. Um, I don't, but I don't think it'll be in the advice model. I don't think it'll be the advice I give will go online. What I think will become more online is the way we communicate. Like, I think right now, if I get a, I send you a form that I need you to fill out, you can print it off or you can type over the top on Adobe and then, you know, e-sign it, whatever you like. So I'm facilitating you who's a little bit more tech savvy to be able to do a new signature with the same proposal form that my father would use where he'd print it off, sign it, and then probably scan it back to me, right? Um, or fax it back even. He, um, you know, right now I'm doing business that, that like using a process that works for both. Does that, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of getting into what I was getting. I was also getting at the fact that I think, I think with the... Just, I mean, if you look back and just say, "Hey, Facebook is barely fifteen years old, and yet it plays such mm. a big, such a big aspect, not only our personal lives but business as well in general. Maybe not specifically for every business, but on the, yeah. the large majority, definitely." So, I, I'm, I like to talk to businesses about this because I'm curious, particularly, particularly in di- different industries. There, I guess, the forethought and saying, "Hey." considering Facebook's had this much of an impact in 15 years with the new tech that's coming out with 5G and all this stuff that's going to just make it, you know, more data and more technology, more available. It's more like, okay, can I look 10 years ahead and how how is it going to play more of a role? And what, you know, wh- where's my ability there to differentiate myself and be a bit of a leader to, to ensure that the next generation of people that are definitely going to be using this technology, I'm the person at the forefront. Yeah, I, but I do think, that the, at the end of the day, I still need to collect information. Always. So yeah. I need to collect information about your business in order to then liaise directly with insurance companies to, to buy insurance on your behalf as your insurance broker. So what, to my, to, to my point is, I think we will, we are going online more and more every single year. But I see the benefit will be that I'll basically, rather than send you a proposal form, I'll be sending you a link that will then collect the information that will then send the information back to me. And I'm like, rather than there being this quite labor intense process of you actually filling something out, you will literally get like a survey monkey, I suggest. Like, that's the way I see the online going. I know that's not really digital content marketing, which is your thing, but in terms of an online, where do I see the business going? That's where I see it going. I don't. I don't think I'll be doing business over Facebook per se because the advice I give requires me to speak to someone on an individual level. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm I'm definitely interested because I've you know the more I think I look into the the tech that's coming up, 
uh, the more I sort of think, well, you know, how how much are people going to take it on in different industries? I think is interesting, mm. and I definitely think there's going to be some in, um, industries that are going to be I wouldn't say resistant. They're not out outwardly saying we don't want to be a part of this, but I think there's going to be some industries that take a lot longer, you know, 20, 30 years to really make that change until, you know, the 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 way we use things with technology is completely saturated. It won't be until then that these things really become mainstream in those industries. And I think it is industry specific. And um, when looking at some sort of marketing strategy or strategy for growth in your business, it has to be specific to your customers and what they're, how they, you know, how they actually inter interact with your sort of business. In terms of that, like I, I, I'm excited about the efficiencies that this brings. Like, don't get me wrong. And if, there, if, there, if there's a new, if there's a new platform or system or whatever that comes out that, that I identify as a way to lean up my business and free up some time and make life easier for both the customer and Cornerstone, which in turn, like we will then be able to allow that will free us up to to deliver on the high level of customer service that I almost like I expect from myself and I expect from my staff in Cornerstone, if there's efficiencies out there by using any of these tech platforms, then I'm 100% on board to try them out. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly not dismissing it. I'm just saying that I've, I've seen tech companies come in and try and change the way we do business a couple of times and I'm yet to see one that's, that's stayed around long term. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, I think I think that's a great sort of piece of advice to sort of finish up on. I think you're a great example of someone that, you know, has a business model that's set up that um, puts more emphasis on customer experience and making sure that's your fuel for growth rather than the focus on constant leads coming in and not yeah. spending enough attention on current um, on current clients. And I think I know I was talking to a gym owner just recently and. You know that approach didn't work for them. Actually, they they had people yeah. that quit because they were like, "Hey, you haven't been in for two weeks. I'd love to catch up." And they're like, "Oh no, I just cancel my membership." Obviously, it's a different different industry. But my point is, yeah. I think this yeah. approach that not everyone needs to focus on leads, but needs to focus on what you're doing, which is great customer experience, creating advocates for your brand rather than bringing new customers in, and that's that can create just as much growth with a lot higher retention than what, you know, maybe a digital content strategy or maybe a, you know, old direct mail style um, campaign could deliver? I think you're also, like, providing that sort of customer service, you know, it's, it's, a great, it's great for your, customers, for your customer's experience, but further to that, it actually gets you fantastic customers who you want to do business with, and it also puts you in a position to be doing with, for them to be doing business with someone they want to do business with, so your working relationship is just so much better. But you're not you're not focused on the quantity as much as you are the quality of your customer. And some of my, like I said, some of my customers I've had for you know the better part of my whole insurance career now. It's more than just a um, you know a, a product it's a, and a service. It's a you know it's a working we're a working partner in their business, and that's what. Again, a part of the industry that I really enjoy is actually going out and partnering with these people and working with these people to probably challenge the way that insurance brokers used to work with them. Yeah. I mean, if you've read um, Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans, he talks about this concept where he has in there the thousand true fans. It doesn't necessarily have to be a thousand, thousand is just a number that I think was given to it. 
but I think this concept of creating people get too confused with the idea that oh we need this many people like we need so many people to be able to have a you know a huge business but realistically if you've got this really dedicated group of people that use you on a regular basis that is more effective and you know makes your life so much easier than trying this opposite approach of having these people that are just you know rolling door in and out oh and i my when i first took the job with gio i was working um for a leader and he actually said to me scott i want you you're starting today or and in three months time i want you to call for you know and to the point that you had 300 due dates so 300 renewal dates so pretty much get the yellow pages call everyone and just go for it in three months time you need to have 300 due dates and if you have 300 due dates that means it'll equate to a 10 percent conversion rate or 10 percent quote rate and of that 10 percent you'll convert 10 into new business like well that to me is just that's technically hard yakka to become a um to cold call a thousand people to get 300 due dates it would have been three thousand people to collect 300 due dates of which that 300 you're only going to get 30 people say yes to quoting and of those 30 people you quote on only 10 percent of them are going to actually go with you it's a lot of work a huge amount of work yeah 100 percent. not a, not efficient i think one quote that i heard recently which made me just think of what you just said which is a lot of people a lot of people, uh, their business model and their work ethic is based on what they they can do, whereas a good business owner is someone who does what the world can do. I they come yeah. up with stuff that that's already happening out there, and they leverage other people to be able to make this thing work, rather than oh, I need to be able to do it, you know, cold call three thousand people to get work. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to yeah, I wanted to thank you for coming on today. It was a great chat. I think you have some great information there, rather than people always necessarily not focusing on their current customers and giving them great experience and making sure that you're following up with these customers that you've also had in the past to bring them back on and giving them a, you know great experience again makes your life a lot easier than having to find new leads and new business all the time, which just comes into a rolling door and you're never sort of able to take your foot off the pedal, making your life as a business owner so much more difficult. Is yeah, if someone wanted to get into touch in touch with you at Cornerstone Risk, um, how could they get in? How could they get in contact with you? I any of my customers or potential customers call me anytime if they want to chew the fat. Um, mobile number oh four three eight eight zero seven five nine one. I'll give you off the call three one three five two four three five. Thanks. Okay. Well, that concludes this episode of the Business Looks Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I'll see you next time. I'm your host, Adam Barbro. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Clicks podcast.